When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. When we left off last week, Tour and Veronwe were in danger. They had come across not just one encampment of orcs, but potentially three or more. They're simply trying to cross the highway, a well-traveled path that heads from north to south all the way down to Nargothrond. And in order to get to where they're trying to go, they have to make this crossing. And Tour is exhausted. He has said, basically, we need to make a straight path to where we are going because he's hungry and tired and running out of the strength to deal with anything more than just getting to where they need to go. This is a desperate situation. This is probably the most dire situation they've been in yet. And because of that, we may not have even considered the question of why exactly these orcs are here. Why along this pathway? Why not out in the wilderness? Why not further apart with these encampments? What exactly is their goal? But we're not given that much time to consider this, because as Tour and Veronwe try to sneak through this area, they hear cries in the distance, the voices of orcs. The Watchers had scented and heard them. The hunt was out. Fortunately for the two travelers, this area was densely, densely populated with trees and bramble, roots and branches. They were able to scurry up the side of a slope among the knots of the rowan and the low birch. And when they get to the top, they listen and they can hear the shouts and the crashing of the orcs in the undergrowth below. They are desperately being hunted by these orcs, or at least it seems that way. Amidst climbing up this slope, they come across what Tolkien describes as a boulder, a boulder that reared its head out of the tangle of heath and brambles, and beneath it was such a lair as a hunted beast might seek and hope there to escape pursuit. Interesting being that these two are like hunted beasts seeking to escape pursuit. Or, quote, 
at the least with its back to stone to sell its life dearly. That's an interesting way to say to make taking its life cost a lot to those who pursue it. So they climb into this hole or this crevice, this this little place where an animal would go to hide and defend itself. And they're quiet. They lay there, panting, trying to catch their breath, trying to be quiet, not speaking a word, and listening, on edge to know if the orcs have followed them to this spot. And then the cries of the hunters grow fainter. For the orcs thrust never deep into the wild lands at either hand, but swept rather down and up the road. And this is interesting. It goes on and says, they wrecked little of stray fugitives. Wrecked meaning reckoned, thought, didn't consider. But spies they feared and the scouts of armed foes. For Morgoth had set a guard on the highway not to ensnare Tour and Veronwe, of whom, as yet, he knew nothing, nor any coming from the West, but to watch for, and get this, the Black Sword, lest he should escape and pursue the captives of Nargothrond, bringing help, it might be, out of Doriath. All of these orcs, these encampments along this highway, were not set for Tour or Veronwe. Morgoth doesn't know anything about them yet. But who does he know a lot about? And who has he been tormenting for a very long time? And is probably scared of due to his strength and his skill? Turin, the Black Sword. Morgoth is hunting for Tur's cousin, who he passed recently and didn't even know it. That's why all these orcs are here. That's why tours travel in this part of the world across this specific highway is so difficult. Morgoth has set up encampments probably up and down very large swaths of this highway down to Nargothrond in order to make sure that Turin doesn't come back. And so they hide away in this little, little hidey hole. We'll call it a hidey hole. And then night comes. The orcs aren't able to figure out exactly where they are. And we're told this. Weary and spent, Tour slept beneath Ulmo's cloak, and Veronwe crept forth and stood like a stone, silent, unmoving, piercing the shadows with his elvish eyes. This again reminds me of scenes from The Lord of the Rings, Legolas, looking into the distance and seeing things that the other races couldn't see, or not needing to sleep like the rest of the party. At the break of day, he woke to her, and he, creeping out, saw that the weather had indeed for a time relented, and the black clouds were rolled aside. There was a red dawn, and he could see far before him the tops of strange mountains, glinting against the eastern fire. This is an interesting situation. The weather, as we know, has been brought from the north by Morgoth in order to make this winter extremely harsh. 
And like I said before, to wield it almost like a weapon against his enemies. But yet, on this day, the black clouds are drawn back. There is a red dawn, a red sunrise, and strange mountains to tour, glinting against the eastern fire. Strange mountains in the east. This is probably further than tour has ever, if not traveled, been able to see into the distance. Because he's not familiar with those mountains. So you might be wondering, which mountains are those? What is, what is he actually looking at? Veronwe speaks with a low voice and says, and this is an elven, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher it, Ale Ered and Ekoriath, Ered Embarnin. Ekoriath means the encircling mountains about the plain of Gondolin, and Ered Embar. Nin means the mountains of my home. Now notice he says this in a very quiet whisper. Basically, he's telling Tour, we're almost there. Those are the mountains of my home. That is our destination. Tolkien goes on and writes, For he knew that he looked on the encircling mountains and the walls of the realm of Turgen. Below them, Eastward, in a deep and shadowy vale, lay Sirion the Fair, renowned in song, and beyond, wrapped in mist, a gray land climbed from the river to the broken hills at the mountain's feet. Yonder lies Dimbar, said Veronwe. Would we were there, for there our foes seldom dare to walk, or so it was while the power of Ulmo was strong in Sirion. But all may now be changed, save the peril of the river. It is already deep and swift, and even for the Eldar, dangerous to cross. But I have led you well, for there gleams the ford of Brithiac, yet a little southward, where the east road that of old ran all the way from Taras in the west made the passage of the river. None now dare to use it, save in desperate need. Neither elf, nor man, nor orc, since that road leads to Dungortheb, and the land of dread between the Gorgoroth and the Girdle of Melian. And long since has it faded into the wild, or dwindled to a track among weeds and trailing thorns. So not only do we have a situation here where we're reminded that the world used to be fairer and safer, even though the Syrian at certain places is wild and rapid and dangerous to cross, which we know from other descriptions in the Silmarillion. We also know that they are now somewhere along or at least close to the border of the girdle of Melian between Gorgoroth and the Girdle. So this area that's situated between the realm that Morgoth has extended down into and then the safety, and I say that in air quotes, of Doriath, which is safe for the people who live there and the Girdle protects, but the realm nearby that and then especially into the Girdle becomes very dangerous for wanderers, orcs, anybody else. So it makes sense that that area is now wild and untamed. Nobody wants to get too close to the girdle. Uh, side note, 
don't get too close to the girdle sounds like an old timey warning for men to behave themselves. Anyway, uh, moving on. We get some other descriptions as well. This section is full of these interesting descriptions of the trees and the landscape and all of that. So Tour looks as Veronway pointed and far away. He caught the glimmer as of open waters under the brief light of dawn. But beyond loomed a darkness where the great forest of Brethil climbed away southward into a distant highland. They can see all sorts of different areas from their vantage point here, including places like the Forest of Bretha, which he's more familiar with. And yet this looming darkness out in the distance as well. So they decide finally to travel forth, feeling safe enough to avoid any of the orcs. They don't see them, but they know they're still out there somewhere. And they make their way to the banks of the Syrian and it says the banks of its deep channel fell away in that place and its water choked by a great waste of stones were spread out into broad shallows full of the murmur of fretting streams. Then after a little, the river gathered together again and delved a new bed, flowed away toward the forest and far off vanished into a deep mist that the eye could not pierce for there lay, though he knew it not, the north march of Doriath, within the shadow of the girdle of Melian. If they had followed the river into there, they would have gotten lost in the girdle of Melian. So this description of the Syrians shows that there's an area, a ford, a place where they are more likely to be safer crossing the river. And we find out that Tour would, as it says here, would hasten to the ford. He wanted to cross the river. He needs to keep going in order to get to their destination before he runs out of steam. He's weak. He's tired. He's hungry. They need to keep moving. But Veronwe restrains him and says, over the Brithiac, we may not go in open day, nor while any doubt of pursuit remains. Veronwe puts his foot down and says, Basically, we can't cross here during the daytime or if we think we might still be being tracked by the orcs. Which makes you wonder, why? So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, OK, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. 
Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. Thank you so much to everybody who has supported the show over the last almost two years now. And thank you for your financial support on Patreon, patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast or all of the other ways that you have all helped me out. Thank you so much. I have to shout out our newest patrons, Hellgraph Dragonhammer. What a wonderful name. And Odith Remorse. Also very cool name. Uh, welcome to the Patreon. I hope you are enjoying your ad free episodes or your bonus episodes. We have so many bonus episodes at this point. If you have been binging this series and you're like, I wish I had more. You, there's almost double the content. If you just subscribe on Patreon, you get so much more stuff. So go check that out. Also, if you sign up at a uh, the highest tier, so you get shout outs every week. You also get T-shirts, uh, which I think are really cool. And, you know, it's been a while since I designed those. I'm planning to revise them every year or so. So maybe there'll be some new ones. And if you have ideas for fun T-shirts, let me know. Uh, but I got to got to read out all of our VIP patrons, AK Music Lover, Anakin Skywalker, Apollo, Aragorn the Third, Azzle Razzle, Barney D, Bo, Black Squirrel, Brandy D, Chewbacca, Cutter Metalworks, Darth Feanor, David S, David M, Divine Madman, Drupal, Esoteric Rage, Fulcrum, Gimli Abrake, Gemma D, Jesse P, J Eggs, <laughs> Jezzer, Kate L, Katie S, Capenna, Lore FC, Lori B, Mason, Michael M, Nick K, Nostrils of Sauron, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Peace Lutheran Church, Roser, uh, Rosie Rose. I was so close. I was getting so close to the end. Uh, Sam B, Sauron for Life, Seiju, Swiggy Swoo, TJT, and Tour Son of Whore 97. Thank you so much to all of you. And thank you to those of you who have taken the time to leave a five-star review. I will read out your words on a future episode like this one, which came from Gandalf Pacino, Pacino, Pacino. Words are hard uh, in the United States. He writes 10 out of 10 would recommend over and over. I've been listening to a few of robots Lorecasts over the years, and I think this is the one Lorecast to rule them all. Tom's laid back yet methodic approach to such a dense universe really makes it easy to consume. I've always been too intimidated to tackle the Silmarillion or the Unfinished Tales, but now I'm ready to accept that noble quest. Thank you, robots and co for giving me an escape during the workday. I would listen to Tom talk me through paint drying. Oh, uh, maybe I should do a paint drying lore cast. That's a weird idea. Thank you so much, Gandalf Pacino. Words. Uh, also, thank you to everybody else who helps by rating the show on Spotify, other platforms, sharing it with your friends and family, listening to it with your kids. Uh, I love hearing that stuff. Thank you so much. All right, let's move on to the rest of what's going on here with Tour and Veronway as they try to escape these orcs. So Veronway's warning about crossing this river during the day or while being pursued by the orcs begins a conversation 
between the two of them. And this conversation reveals some interesting things. Here, let's just go through it in order. Tour responds. He says, then shall we sit here and rot? You can tell he's kind of at the end of his wits. He's like, well, if I can't move forward, then you just like curl up and die. What are we doing? He goes on, though, and he says, for such doubt will remain while the realm of Morgoth endures. Basically, if we're so scared, we're just going to be scared of everything all the time because everything just keeps getting worse. So at some point we have to go forward. He says, come under the shadow of the cloak of Ulmo. We must go forward. Still, Veronwe hesitated and looked back westward, but the track behind was deserted and all about was quiet, save for the rush of the waters. He's checking to see if they're being pursued still. Then he looked up and the sky was gray and empty for not even a bird was moving. Now, this is odd, right? Then suddenly his face brightened with joy and he cried aloud. It is well. The Brithiac is guarded still by the enemies of the enemy. That last enemy is capitalized, meaning Morgoth specifically. The orcs will not follow us here, and under the cloak we may pass now without more doubt. So he looks to the sky and all of a sudden realizes that they're being protected. What's going on here? Tour has this question as well. What new thing have you seen? said Tour. And then we end up with another one of those moments where an elf tells a man that, oh, oh, mankind, you in your eyesight, you can't see as far as we can. That kind of thing. He says, short is the sight of mortal men, said Veronwe. I see the eagles of the Crisagrim and they are coming hither. Watch a while. The Crisagrim is a part of the mountain ranges that they were looking at before. And Veronwe might be familiar with the eagles that live up there. Then Tour stood at gaze, and soon high in the air, he saw the shapes bedding on strong wings down from the distant mountain peaks, now wreathed again in cloud. Slowly they descended in great circles, and then stooped suddenly upon the wayfarers. But Veronwe could call to them, and they turned with a wide sweep and rush and flew northward along the line of the river. We know from the Lord of the Rings and from the Hobbit that the eagles are usually a good omen. They're dangerous. They have minds of their own, but they often work for Manway. And they often end up exactly where they need to be when important situations are going down. Now let us go, said Veronwe. If there be any orc nearby, he will lie cowering nose to the ground until the eagles have gone far away. Because remember, these are giant eagles. Giant eagles that enjoy hunting orcs. Swiftly down the long slope they hastened and passed over the Brithiac, walking often dryfoot upon shelves of shingle or wading in the shells no more than knee-deep. The water was clear and very cold, and there was ice upon the shallow pools, where the wandering streams had lost their way among the stones. But never, not even in the fell winter of the fall of Nargothrond, could the deadly breath of the north freeze the main flood of Syrian. 
And this is a very natural thing that happens with rivers and waterways. The water will freeze in the sections that the water doesn't move as much along these little pools on the sides of the river, these little streams that are smaller and don't flow as swiftly. But the main course of the river might keep going. The energy of the movement is enough to keep the ice from forming. And I just want to take a moment here. Put yourself in Tour's shoes, his very wet, soggy, cold shoes at this moment. He's struggling in order to keep going, and now he needs to ford a river. And for a bit, he's able to stay dry foot, as it says in the text. But then they at times have to wade in this knee-deep water, this freezing water, in order to get across. That's how desperate they are. And yet they keep moving forward. Finally, they make it to the far side of the ford, to a gully, as it were, the bed of an old stream in which no water now flowed. Yet once, it seemed, a torrent had cloven its channel deep, coming down from the north, out of the mountains, out of Ekoriath, and bearing thence all the stones of the Brithiac down to Syrian. Again, this, this section is so dense with these descriptions of nature, and it really gives you an understanding of Tolkien's understanding of the way the natural world works, the way trees can grow on the sides of riverbeds, the way that rivers carve out and then change their paths and leave these channels, these deep channels in the earth that used to be filled with water, but the river changed its course. This creates a situation where, as I noted in the previous episodes, we get a visual picture that is very realistic. We've been to these kinds of locations. If you've spent any time in the wild, you know, you know that this is the way that the world works and it makes it feel very real. So let's take a moment before we get to the, the last part of this section for this episode. And let's just think a little bit more deeply about the eagles. Why are the eagles here? Remember, we've been following the story of Tour and now Veronwe as they have been guided by Ulmo. And we know that Ulmo stands against the rest of the Valar in reaching out to the children, both sets of children, in order to help them and in order to continue fighting against Morgoth. But the eagles similar to the wind that we've seen before blow away the clouds or or help in these kinds of situations report to manwe and he's the leader of the valar he above any of the rest of them would know that the doom of mandos was over these people and that he is not supposed to intrude on what's going on but are there hints? Are, is this yet another hint in this text that Manway himself is also working subtly in order to help out the children? And maybe it's like a plausible deniability kind of thing. Oh, well, I didn't do anything while whispering in the ears of his eagles to make sure that they take care of that little section of the road and keep the orcs from harassing any travelers or is this just a coincidence 
Is this just the kind of situation that sometimes occurs because the Eagles happen to live nearby? The Eagles happened to, on a day like this, when the clouds roll back, decide to go hunting because they're hungry. Which is it? It's kind of a chicken and an egg situation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So please comment on the episode or join us on the Discord and, and let me know what you think. Is Manway actually interfering here? Or is this just a coincidence? So as they make their way across the river, they get to the other side and Veronway cries out, At last, beyond hope, we find it. See, here is the mouth of the dry river, and that is the road we must take. For they passed into the gully, and as it turned north, and the slopes of the land went steeply up, so its sides rose upon either hand, and Tour stumbled in the dim light among the stones with which its rough bed was strewn. If this is a road, he said, it is an evil one for the wary. He's having a hard time. But Veronwe knows that they are getting close. He knows this pathway. He knows that this carved out riverbed is like a road pointing in the direction they need to go to find the secret entrance to Gondolin. And Veronwe responds to Tour. Yet it is the road to Turgen. And Tour reacts and says, Then the more do I marvel that its entrance lies open and unguarded. I had looked to find a great gate and strength of guard. That you shall yet see, said Veronwe. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time.